All right, welcome to the Marriage Adventure Podcast. We're your host, Daniel Lombani Hoover, and we are so glad that you're with us today on this episode as uh, football season is well underway and the weather is cooling off. Man, Mm -hmm. this is my favorite, favorite time of year. Oh, yeah. and I mean, the leaves haven't started quite changing yet, but everything's cooling off and it just makes me want to sit outside, Mm -hmm. even though the ragweed's starting to get to me a little bit. Um, for all you allergy folks out there, Daniel, you don't get that. I know you're. Don't understand. You don't understand, and bless all you people who don't understand. I'm I'm really happy for you in life. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, speaking of changing leaves, uh, today's title of the podcast: How to Change My Spouse. Maybe that's why you're listening. Maybe you saw that and you're like, "Oh, yeah, here's the intro yeah, I've been yeah. looking for." <laughs> Um, I don't know, or maybe it's a bait and switch. Maybe we're not going to talk about that. We're going to talk about something else. Mm. That's I don't know. Who knows what we're going to talk about? But well, we why, better. <laughs> why, why, I know you know. They don't okay. know. Why on earth? Why on earth would we want to change our spouse, Bonnie? Oh, I mean, who? I don't who listen to this. This title didn't resonate with anybody. No. They're like, oh, I'll listen, but my spouse is perfect, right? Right. I mean, yeah, that does seem like an odd question, but. Honestly, I mean, probably at some point. Not well, to I'm not going to say, gonna say us, a, no, no, no. We all you guys listening mm-hmm. have wanted to change your spouse at some point. All right, Brian, let's just be let's just at be least real. Something. We're you know let's just be real. We don't want to get into it on the podcast. Everybody listen, but when we first got married, right? Let's just uh-huh. go way. Let's get in the way back machine uh-huh. in the DeLorean. Go back twenty seven, twenty eight, five, six, seven years. What was something that you were like that gets on my nerves? I got it. Oh that's no, change. no! You gonna come put on, this come on, on do put it. me on the spot? Do it. Oh. Do it. Um. Okay. Go. So <laughs> you're gonna think this is really funny in our given situation now, but you used to care an awful lot about your hair. <laughs> 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 I think you spent more time messing with your hair than I did, and I'm like. Come on already. I did. That did get on our God, uh, he got me for that one, right? <laughs> well, see, I but, knew that I had limited time with it. So and I wanted time. to spend a lot of time with it before it left. But, yeah. Okay. All right. Turnabout's fair play. Um, okay. Let's see. Mm-hmm. You started this. You just remember. Well, see, it's so difficult for mm-hmm. me mm-hmm. to remember. Wait a minute. I got a list here. Hold on. Uh. Get this out. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's see. Um, okay, there was the thermostat. You were always really cold. Um, there's a toilet seat. You know, I grew up in a house with boys, so the toilet seat was supposed to go mm-hmm. up. There's a, there's that little thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't like peanut butter, but I wanted. I didn't you like over. to spend. Mo- I didn't like to let you spend money. You didn't like to let me spend money. Yes, that was a, that got on your nerves. That was a that was something that. Yeah, I like to spend money, but that actually ended up being a good thing. And right? I we think, got on the same page. Yes, eventually. I do think it used to get on your nerves, and I realized it, and I tried to change it. Is that I would try to mother you? Yeah, maybe correct little things, yeah. and yeah, I that do. got on your nerves. It's so far back; I don't remember uh-huh. those types of things. Uh-huh. You were the oldest; I was the youngest. Maybe yeah. that was a hard habit to break for you. Mm-hmm. 
maybe, yeah. but uh, but not now. Now, now you you have it's perfect. You, okay, so I have to say this. There was a, a point in our marriage I remember. So now you've you've gotten me. Um, you've trained me like you want me. No. So you've gotten yeah. too far because sure. I remember a point in our marriage where I said, "What on earth would you do if something ever happened to me?" And you said, "Well, I guess I'd train a new one." That was like way early <laughs> on. Though. I was just messing. Like people are gonna think something. You were teasing. Me. You were teasing. But now we know why God took my hair. <laughs> <laughs> but the funny thing is, you were kidding. But like. Five, ten years ago, I was like, now what would you, you're like, like, I, I don't know, There's, man. No, there's way. no way. I could, there's no, no. way. That, that, no. Too far gone. It's too done. Too yeah. far gone. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's really what we, we do. We want to talk about today. I mean, there's, there are those little idiosyncrasies that drive you crazy. Yeah. And, um, and then so in last week's episode, cause this kind of, mm-hmm. kind of dovetails yeah. into last week's episode. We talked about, if you haven't listened to it, go back and listen to that one and then listen to this one because uh, I think you'll get more out of it. But we talked about being free to be yourself in your marriage relationship, mm-hmm. being able to live in your personality and express your voice yeah. in in your relationship. Well, and encouraging your spouse to be who they are and who God's created them to be. Yeah. And so what we're not talking about is trying to change your spouse's personality. Right. Um, that's not what we're talking about in this episode. Um, what we're talking about is, uh, is that if you're just not happy because your spouse is continually living selfishly, mm-hmm. or as the apostle Paul would say, living out of the flesh, mm-hmm. maybe, uh, let me explain that for a second. It's kind of a churchy thing. Um, in other words, living out of that old nature before Christ, where mm-hmm. I try to get my needs met mm-hmm. on my own mm-hmm. and I'm not allowing God to, to, supply my needs or I'm not All trusting right. God for that. I'm, I'm living selfishly, right? Yeah. That's, a, that's a great illustration of the flesh is living for myself. Or maybe your spouse is just outright, they're in sin mm-hmm. and it's destroying your relationship and yeah. whatever that is, maybe that's an addiction or maybe that's a controlling personality or something like or that. Or maybe they don't even know the Lord and you're praying for their salvation. Yeah. Um, so how do you, how do you change them? Yeah, those you, types of yes, things? Yes, those types of things. About. Now I do want to start, start by, let me just out off the bat say, if, if you're in, if you're talking about something in your relationship that that's dangerous, that you're physically, sexually, emotionally da- in danger, that you need to remove yourself from those situations as soon as possible and, yeah. and safely be able to clarify what are your next steps. You just need to get yourself, your kids, yeah. whatever, into a place of safety if they're if you're in something that's abusive and uh Yeah, and physical say physical that's a little easier to discern and understand. Sexual as right? well. Right. If there's pushing, if there's hitting, if there's threatening, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Sexually, um I hope that's easier to understand, but some people in the marriage relationship uh use that as well, we're married, I can use you however I yeah. want and that's not correct. That's right. Um, sex is something that's given freely and never taken, right? Um, uh, or demanded. Um, emotionally is a little more difficult, mm-hmm. especially in our society. Yeah. So there's an old thing with, uh, uh, you know, an old saying that with money or with numbers, accountants can make the numbers say whatever they want them to say, right? Uh, you can yeah, manipulate, right, right. you know. Oh well, are we? Are we? You know, we get them. And I think the same thing has kind of happened in that world with. Uh, in in relationships, um, is this a toxic relationship, or am I being emotionally abused? Right. Yeah. Um, 
depending on who you talk to, you can you could say anything is emotionally abusive these mm. days. Downright, yeah. I didn't get what I wanted. Right, that's emotionally abusive. I'm triggered. Right, those are all catchphrases that man, uh, they're really good things until they're not. Until we start to use them uh, to explain away things that's just I'm just not happy. Right. So I'm going to characterize this as emotionally abusive mm-hmm. because in our society today. If you're not happy, then that's emotionally, then you're Mm. probably emotionally distraught. And I think a lot of people view that. And I've I've seen a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of people that'll come and talk to me and they're looking for a reason for divorce. So they're characterizing anything. They just want happy so bad that they're going to characterize anything as emotionally abusive. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but what we don't want to do on the podcast episode today is try to, um, uh, try not, to explain every situation no. what that is. So if you're in a situation that you think is that, then you really need to uh, go speak to somebody. Maybe mm-hmm. that's a, a pastor that can help clarify, or maybe that's a counselor that can help you clarify in your given situation yeah. what is uh, what is emotionally dangerous, abusive yeah. or, or a yeah. dangerous situation to be in. But so so that's kind of our disclaimer on this. But when we see our spouses not living as their best self and maybe things in their personality that are not controlled by the spirit or affecting our marriage and our children, the people around them, and and they're not living into who God's created them to be. And it's causing a, a, a difficult environment or it's something that's like this has gone on a long time. Where do we start? And that's what we're going to talk about today. So now I want to take a few minutes, Daniel, and share with you some stupid fun facts. All right. You want to hear some? I want fun facts. All right. All right. So we're going to get serious in our podcast today. So today we're going to have some fun. All right. Here's something stupid and fun. A dragonfly has a lifespan of 24 hours. Oh, bless it. They got to pack a lot in. I know. I know. They like to land on you in the swimming pool and things like that. 24 hours. Bless its heart. A goldfish has a memory span of three seconds. <laughs> that, I believe. <laughs> yep. That, okay. I believe. Wow, yeah. three seconds. Mm-hmm. There are 300. So, a 12-year-old boy and a goldfish have something in common. <laughs> Absolutely. Awesome. That explains yep. a lot. Yep. So, there are 336 dimples on a regulation golf ball. And somebody patented that. You're right. So, somebody gets paid. Mm-hmm. For every golf ball that's sold because of those dimples. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's something here that doesn't seem to make sense. We tend to think of camels as carrying water in their the humps of their back. But a rat can last longer without water than a camel. Really? Yeah. Ugh. I know, right? So you're, here's another. Ugh. Your stomach what has... What was that song the camel had? Uh-huh. Okay, okay, okay. okay. Yeah, yep. So your stomach has to produce a new layer of mucus every two weeks or it will digest itself. Honey, these are really gross. <laughs> okay, I'll stop with the gross ones. Yes. A raisin dropped in a glass of fresh champagne will bounce up and down continuously from the bottom of the glass to the top. Now that is a fun fact. Right? I've never tried that. but We will you know. try that. Sure. Gotta go buy some champagne. Here's something really funny. Champagne. Charlie Chaplin once were won third prize in a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love the fact that Charlie Chaplin had the sense of humor to say, I want to enter in a contest. Yes. 
Yes, that's okay. so funny. And so, last one doing dealing with marriage here. The phrase "rule of thumb" is derived from an old English law, which stated that you couldn't beat your wife with anything wider than your thumb. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Talk about okay. So that is emotionally abusive. That's right, right there. That's, that's right. physical and emotionally abusive. Yes. Well, those are very fun. Mm. Fun, fun. All right, so today we're talking about how to change our spouse. And so after that, I want to see how many of these people are going to go out and buy a bottle of champagne and raisins. Well, I certainly hope that nobody goes out and finds something thinner than their thumbs and beat their wife with. (laughs) Um, uh, There's times that I'm just very thankful. You know, I look at the world and I'm like, God, this world's crazy. But then I'm like, no, I'm glad I didn't live back then. Yeah, no kidding, especially if you're a woman. Or med- yeah, or or have a medical procedure. Seriously. All right, so today we're talking about talking about a memory of span of three seconds. Yeah. I think that's what I'm dealing with here. Uh-huh. Um, we're talking about how to change our spouse, and uh, and we all have that propensity to want to control our environment, right? That makes sense. I get mm-hmm. that, and even the people around us, and and I think part of those what we talked about early, you know, early in our marriage, or maybe even in. Your relationship now as you grow and you change because they say you change every 10 years I you become that. a new person and yeah. i totally believe that i see that in myself um in my hair <laughs> and um but it so it's i think it's human nature to want to change your spouse especially those little idiosyncrasies it's like that just gets on my nerves mm-hmm. um and that's i think that's called marriage yeah. Right, that's two becoming one. And mm-hmm. I think the process of two becoming one happens until the day we die. Yeah. I think it's something that spans our entire life as we change. Um, but when when it comes to what we're talking about today, is that really our job? To change our spouse? To change our spouse. So, you know, there are things that we can encourage in our spouse and the whole, the whole iron sharpening iron um, principle of scripture that... We make each other better. Uh-huh. Um, yes. In those ways, I believe that that is our call to encourage each other, to love each other, to die to ourselves and serve each other so that we are encouraging. I'm encouraging you, like, like what we talked about last week, to be your best you and for me to be my best me. And as God's called us to be those things and use our personalities, but... When we do these premarital workshops, we we talk about, you know, we talk about personality and we ask the question, is it, can you change someone? Can you change your spouse? And people just, the laughs and and, and what happens if you try and everybody's like, oh gosh. So we've all tried to change people, obviously, because I mean, everybody resonates with that. Well, I think, I think we do change our spouse. Yeah. I don't think we need to try to change our spouse no, no. Right? i mean you're going to change me just by nature of us yes. being married and living together and me being around you and us yes. you know those kinds of things uh and we do change like we said every mm-hmm. 10 years we're a different person mm-hmm. but it's when we try that's when it yes. gets ugly but there are things that there are things that we do need to um we want to see our spouse become better in and different because you see if it's hurting the relationship or hurting people around them because they're they're not being who God's called them to be and they're living in that selfishness con- continually or their personality is rubbing in such a way that is causing havoc in your marriage or the the your kids lives or different things um then you know 
I think there is, we do need to begin to look at how can we encourage that change. Mm -hmm. And so here's where we're really getting to today. Here's the crux of what we want to talk about. Um, What we're really talking about is what we are called to in our marriage when we see those things, and that's prayer. Mm -hmm. We're called, whether our spouse needs changing or not, we're called to pray for each other, pray Mm -hmm. for our spouse, pray for, I think it's easy for us to pray for our spouse when, um, oh man, they're sick and we want them to get well, or to pray for them that, oh, I, you know, I just pray that they're, you know, for success. Or, or safety. We, safety. Like I yeah. pray they'll have a safe trip somewhere and things like that. But on a daily basis, do we lift each other up? Mm. And if there's something that does need that heart change, that's called for a change of heart, instead of nagging and trying to push, I believe God has truly called us to pray and and, and the reason I believe that is because Scripture tells us that mm-hmm. prayer is powerful. And James 5.16 says that the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Mm. So the best thing is like you you were talking about this. You said that what people are like, well, all I can do is. Yeah, you know. we I got I was talking about some to somebody about that the other day. And and uh, and and I've grown convicted of that. You know, you, it's that phrase that we say, man, you know, well, all you can do is pray. Hmm. What does it say? After I've exhausted everything, mm-hmm. all of my abilities and all of my influence and all of my connections, resources, resources well, what's left is just prayer. Mm. And, you know, I wonder if that's why it's not working out. Mm. Because I'm not living from a place of trust. I'm not living from a place of uh, abiding and God, this is, this is your world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I tell you where I've, where we've, where I've really gotten, and I think we've really gotten in the past little bit is, okay, if the actions that I need to take is I need to look and say, am I being obedient? Yeah. One, am I bi- abiding? Am I walking with him? And then when he tells me to move to action, am I being obedient? And then if I am, then you know what? This problem isn't my problem. Mm-hmm. This problem is God's problem. Yep. And I've said, Lord, this is your issue. This is your problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm trusting you to take care of this. And when you want me to do something, I'll be obedient and do it. Mm-hmm. But this is your issue to fix. Yeah. And man, I can't tell you how God has moved through those types of prayers. So it is that conviction of, well, all I can do is pray. It's the last thing we do. It's the last thing we think of. It's the, you know, Hail Mary. Yeah. But how can praying for our spouse help our marriage relationship? What is the, what's the good in praying? Mm -hmm. What is that? Well, it, it surrenders control to the one who can actually do something about it. And God is a God that, uh, he, you see through scripture he comes through. He does. And he longs to come through. That's who God is. He He changes hearts. He changes hearts. He's changed the hearts of kings. He, you know, he it's that faith that scripture says moves mountains. Yes. And so what you're doing is you're surrendering control to him. Mm-hmm. And uh and and you know, Philippians four six says, Don't be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. What that doesn't say 
is be anxious about the things that you can't change, but in the things you can change, you do that. Right. So it's like we mm-hmm. look at our list and say, I can handle this, I can handle this. Okay, God, you're going to have to handle this. I can handle this, I can handle mm-hmm. this. And that's not the kind of faith and life God calls us mm-hmm. to. I love how you explained recently I heard you explain to somebody what prayer was Mm -hmm. that we all know how to pray because we have these conversations in our head all the time all the conversation we're having with ourselves internal monologue yes yeah dialogue and and we're worrying if you know how to worry you know how to pray Mm -hmm. because worrying is me constantly ruminating and going over and over in my head all the things and how I might try to fix them Mm -hmm. but what does prayer do and it's that it's that scripture verse that I think a lot of Christians don't we don't get. It's the pray without ceasing. Mm-hmm. How do I do that? Do I just walk around and constant? No, it's this constant meditative conversation. And you know, to go back to that illustration, we all have this internal dialogue with ourselves. Mm-hmm. We all think we think to ourselves, and and then when we when we have something that it's kind of like a cow chewing a cud mm-hmm. that we keep thinking about and worrying about and how's this gonna what's gonna happen blah blah yeah. blah well now we're worrying we're praying prayers to ourselves but if i'll just do one little twist if i take the name of jesus and i interject it into mm-hmm. that mental conversation i'm having with myself well now i can say the exact same thing exact mm-hmm. same prayer exact i mean exact same worry conversation yeah. I don't know how this is going to work out. What am I going to do? God, I'm going to be broke. I'm going to spend all my money on this. Yeah. Okay, that's me worrying. Here's the difference in the conversation. Lord, I don't know how this is going to work out. Mm-hmm. W- what are What am I going to do? God, I'm going to be broke. Mm-hmm. It, God, I need you to fix it. Yeah. Worrying says, Daniel, I need you to fix it. Mm-hmm. Prayer says, God, I need you to fix it. And yeah. the only difference is I just put his name into that same exact conversation and now it yeah. changes everything and expo- it, 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 it evokes the it, power of God. And it puts it in his lap. It is yeah. saying, I can't handle this. God, this is my problem. You fix it. You. This is the thing with my spouse that is just killing me. This is the thing that I've tried to nag. I've tried to push. I've tried to prod. I've tried to hint and suggest and even go to counseling. And the he's just not changing. But God, you can do anything. Mm -hmm. And I love in that verse we just read, it says by prayer and petition, petition is just begging God, but with Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving is already to thanking, thanking God before he's even answered the prayer. That's faith. The petition, like you just said, it's the not giving up. Right. The problem is, is we have, we still cling to the control because we cling to this timeline that we got, God, you got to do it in this in this mm-hmm. way or in this amount of time. Mm-hmm. And that's not in giving up control. Right. That is still me just trying to manipulate yeah. God yeah. with what I want him to do. But petition means I'm not going to stop. I'm going to keep praying. And mm-hmm. if it takes a week, if it takes a year, if it takes five years, and I'm going to do it with thanksgiving because i know that i've released control to you and you know better mm-hmm. and and even in the way you're going to answer it yeah you may not even want to answer this in the way i want you to answer it and so i'm mm-hmm. releasing control of my expectations of the outcome mm-hmm. and then it says to present your 
request to God. That's like I have wrapped this big worry up and I have handed it to him. It's presenting it. Mm-hmm. God, here it is. I can't. This is too big for me. God, this is your problem. This is yours. I'm presenting not, not it. Not that you caused it. No. But this is yours to own. Yep. I'm giving it to you and I need you to take it. And I'm going to have to petition daily because I know my tendency is to take it back. Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to keep coming back and saying, here it is, God. Here it is. Here it is again. Because I keep having that conversation in my head. God, I need this to change about him. I need this to happen. Lord, okay. Here, I keep giving it to you so I don't try to do the next thing, mm-hmm. um, which is manipulate. And prayer frees me from manipulation. Mm-hmm. It. It's when I trust God with my spouse and I lift them up in prayer, I don't feel like I've got to change and manipulate them to, I don't have to m- manipulate them to make them change. Mm-hmm. Um, Especially when I can totally present it to God. Right. And, and hand, like you just said, I'm giving this over to you for me not to own anymore. Mm-hmm. And and here's the thing. So how many times have have you aggravated your spouse about something and, and been on them and on them and on them and they changed just so, just for, okay, well, I guess you bothered me one time about it, one more time about it. I guess I'll change then. If it's something that's in their heart, it's not going to change unless God changes it. Right. It, and if they do change it, do you want it to change temporarily for that reason? Mm-hmm. Just to get you off their back. Right. Yeah. That's not so, answering, you know. No, but... Um, solving the issue well mark eleven twenty three through 25 says truly i tell you if anyone says to this mountain go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their heart but believes that what they say will happen it will be done for them therefore i tell you whatever you ask for in prayer believe that you have received it and it will be yours and when you stand praying if you hold anything against anyone Forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive your sins. Mm. That tells me that prayer is powerful. Mm-hmm. But I have to give it to the Lord, and I have to trust that he's going to do this. And I and to, and to already say, okay, God, this is yours. I am giving it to you, and you're going to do this. And I, don't, and I can't take that. The way you're going to do it and in the timing you're going to do right. it. That's right. That's right. And mm-hmm. uh, which all that goes to this you know, the next thing is it change prayer changes my heart. Yeah. So if I can give him my expectations of this issue mm-hmm. and the timeline of the issue, then what will begin to happen is I don't know how God changes that if he does or if he doesn't, but he does begin to change me. Mm-hmm. It, it also, when I, it changes my heart because God has this amazing way of beginning to soften us towards the people we're praying for. And when I am softened towards you, then I have, I can have some empathy for what you're going through. And I begin to see things from your perspective. And then I might even begin to see, oh, maybe I'm the cause of this. Mm-hmm. God might begin, don't be surprised when you begin to pray for God to change your spouse, that he doesn't start with changing you first. Yeah. Um, that it's like getting the plank out of your own eye before you can get the speck out of mm-hmm. theirs. And God does have this kind way of loving, lovingly showing us, yes, I do want to change that, but let me show you these things that are contributing to that. If you could love them like this, it might mm-hmm. it might create oh, a path. Oh, man, that's not what I'm going after, right? though. That, I know. <laughs> that's, 
That's not what we're going after. I want happy. Mm. And me changing ain't happy. Mm. <laughs> That's why prayer is dangerous. Prayer is incredibly dangerous because God. It's wonderfully dangerous. Yes, it is, it is because God will do miraculous things. And you may not even see it coming. You may not see where the miracle's coming from mm-hmm. or the fact that he changes you and shows you an answer to something that you actually can do. You're like, oh, it, all, all I can do is pray. That may be the case that all you continue to do is pray, and he may give you a solution he in may, your heart. Yeah, he may give you action points. He may give you that solution That's through right. that. That's right. So God's called us to pray for our spouse and not to change them. Mm-hmm. And um, prayer stops our manipulation of our spouse, and it, it it may expose things in our own heart, and it may actually give us action points that can help lead our spouse in a way that's loving and kind that might actually lead to lasting real change because God has changed their hearts. Yep. Growing up, we had that uh, that old hymn. I don't know if you grew up in church or not, if you're listening, but there's an old Baptist hymn that said, Trust and Obey, mm-hmm. for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. I mean, the older I get, the more I realize there is so much truth in that little old, mm-hmm. you know, sing-songy hymn, mm-hmm. is that, God, I'm going to trust, I'm going to give this to you, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to trust you, you know what you're doing, and then when you give me the steps to take, yeah. I'll obey. And what we like to do is put that on its head and, and reverse that. I will do, 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 action, action, action. Okay, and I'll throw up an occasional prayer about it. Right. And But what God's calling us to do is present it to him, give it to him, trust him, and then walk in obedience with the steps he, he asks us to take mm-hmm. and, and, and just trust him to solve this issue and as long as he takes to solve it. Yeah. So uh, really, really good stuff. Well, thank you guys for listening. And, and look, if you enjoy this podcast and you like it, then please share it on Facebook, share it on Instagram, uh, share it on YouTube, uh, share it with your friends. That's the, that would be the greatest thing uh, and would mean a, a ton to us. And so we uh, we thank you for joining today. You guys have a great, great week.